This is Sexy Funny Raw, where we chat all about the world of sex, from dating and relationships all the way to the adult industry itself. I'm Sylvia Sage, and this is my Pornspective, answering all the questions you weren't even brave enough to ask Google. Get ready, because Sexy Funny Raw starts now. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Funny Raw. I am your host, Sylvia Sage, and I am here joined by Dr. Eddie, who is giving us his public health knowledge to help us better understand everything sex-related that we've all had all these burning questions about. And an age-old question is getting answered right here, right now. The question, does pineapple really change the taste of your sperm? Tell the people, Dr. Eddie, they want to know. (laughs) No. (laughs) So what I would say about that (laughs) is that a healthy diet, all of these things have an impact on the vaginal flora, on semen, etc. But nothing should be changing the flavor of anything. Yeah. Right? Uh, So the vagina should smell and taste like a vagina. Semen should smell and taste like semen, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a little salty. And so how much <laughs> is kind of psychosocial and how much okay. people believe it might be? Mm-hmm. It could be a variety of, of like social variables mm-hmm. at play in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I can understand, based on many, many conversations with urologists, gynecologists, yeah. and my friends, other physicians, um, the answer is no. Okay. Nothing really changes these specific things. There's no direct relationship. And if there is a change in maybe flavor or odor, mm-hmm. then that might be a different issue. Then maybe you should go and see your doctor. It could potentially be an STI, right? Yeah. Or some sort of infection, a UTI. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, nothing should really be changing it too drastically, mm-hmm. uh, but they're going to smell and taste the way that they're supposed to and so yeah normal is actually something that we should be happy with and yeah. shooting for yeah because i have heard some people be like okay well after you had this it was a sweeter taste of the semen but i've never had a sweet tasting semen all the semen i've ever tasted has been a pretty salty now i will say i've definitely ta- i've noticed different taste and different ejaculation and i've noticed a lot of different consistencies in a lot of ejaculation um from watery to very thick and chunky um is that a diet thing not so much a diet thing it's a biology thing okay Uh, it could probably also uh have to do with how often they ejaculate Mm. right so if masturbation is pretty frequent uh what type of overall health you might have Mm. right and so sperm counts all of these things Uh, are all going to be related to how healthy a person is. So when you say that, so if it's more watery, they've ejaculated a lot? Theoretically, right? Because the ejaculate is being produced in a specific place. Mm -hmm. The semen is being produced in another like anatomical place. And so how these things are interacting Mm -hmm. uh, certainly are impacted by the frequency Mm. of how often someone is ejaculating. But so when it comes out thick and chunky like that, that's been sitting in there for a minute. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I, I, I really want to know. I probably wouldn't put it quite like okay. that. Uh, and it might be a conversation to have with a urologist if okay. it's very thick. Oh, really? Right? Um, and all of these things, I would say, speak with your physician. Okay. For sure. Okay. Um, 
I've done a lot of work with sex workers, mm-hmm. male sex workers, mm-hmm. um, adult adult pers- adult film personalities, mm-hmm. and so some of these questions often come up. Mm-hmm. It's pretty common. Yeah. Um, and in my previous work with sex workers, these are always types of questions. Right? Yeah. So I'm often either asked about STIs. Mm-hmm. People are us constantly telling me their private stories about their STIs. Yeah. So that always happens. Um, and most of the time, I'm just sending them to talk to their physician. Right. Right. Because right. I'm not a physician, so I don't want to imply that that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm certainly coming from a larger public health perspective. Right. I do feel like I get the question a lot from viewers of how the men in our scenes come so much and with such like veracity. So I think a lot of people are like, how do I, cause I think there's two types of come. I think that there are shooters and some people will spray and I've got to watch an eye or my hair or some guys it just barely falls out of their penis and it's just like a. Sure. Yeah. What is the, what is, what is the difference there? Is there any, doesn't matter. It's just a person to person. It's a person to person. Is the strength of the muscles that's pushing it oh, out? Oh, okay. And so there are. Can they strengthen those muscles? There are some exercises okay. potentially, like Kegels type. Men can do Kegels. Ish, kind of. Okay. How? Tell it's, the people how they do. It's more complicated. It's a constricting of like the penis, as if you're trying to like get that last bit of urine out or get oh. that last bit of, right? But how much that's going to make a difference mm. after a lifetime? Probably not very much. Interesting. Right? So uh, at this point, if you're a shooter or if you're a dribbler. I call it dribbling. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) If you're a dribbler, the chances are that's not going to change and nothing is really going to change it. But there is nothing wrong with either. They're Mm -hmm. just two different. Right? There's a lot of different things. Yeah. uh, And there's not a one size fits all like everything we're talking about today. Yeah. so every guy is going to be its, his own universe. Right. And now we've talked about, obviously, diet and how much diet and consistency um, really mattered to your overall body health. Um, but a question I had was because obviously we know anytime you eat asparagus, you have that like that urine, your urine just goes to a just completely different smell. And it's almost instant. You could have a piece of asparagus and pee two minutes later and your urine is already like deeply affected by it. Is this ever going to affect the taste for uh, even the woman? Because I feel like I definitely know I'm educated enough to know that I don't my pee hole is not my vagina hole. Um, so they're not two in the same, but they are in the same universe, you know, like they live in the same little world. So are they not affected? I mean, how much they're being affected should be minimal. Okay. Right. And unless we were probably not talking about water sports we're probably not talking right. about engaging in things with urine so i just got so many more questions okay go okay. <laughs> um so there's gonna be some potential over over mixture mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. so but your body will naturally expel all of that so how long between events per se mm-hmm. all of those things are could potentially play a variable but you're the vagina itself, which is all of the inside components, mm-hmm. right? Not the mm-hmm. vulva, which mm-hmm. are the outside components, um, has an excellent like self-cleaning mechanism, mm-hmm. and you don't really want to mess with that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get rid of all the things that it needs to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so urine could potentially, uh, and it certainly does uh, change the smell of it, but it's temporary. It's usually not as quick as kind of we're implying, mm-hmm. um, but it certainly does happen. Uh, and so that strength of the smell um, it goes away. It's just kind of part of right, right, right. different dietary things will change the consistency of bowel movements, 
will change the, you know, the odors of the urine. So all mm -hmm. of these things are things that we're ingesting that our bodies kind of taking apart all the nutrients and getting rid of all the excess. And that's kind of what's happening. Now, you mentioned something in that conversation that I cannot gloss over. Uh, and that was water sports, because uh, if you're not familiar, water sports are pee play. So it's um, drinking urine or even when women are, um, oh, my God, squirting. Uh, it's it's a urine base that is basically coming out. And a lot of people will put that into their mouths. Is that a dangerous aspect? Is pee play? Can that be dangerous for people? Is it going to cause infections because we know for the most part urine is sterile correct so what i would say to that is it's going to depend it's okay. going to depend <laughs> right. on a lot of things yeah uh so the chances of something bad happening are low okay. however if we're talking about cuts and infections in mm. someone else's urine uh, if we're talking about uh, if we're only talking about urine and not other things mm. you know there's going to be a lot of variables there so if there's cuts or anything sure Sex often creates micro, like micro cuts in certain places of the body. Mm, there, mm -hmm. You're certainly susceptible to things. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you can. What mm -hmm. I would say is definitely talk to your physician more specifically. Right. Um, if you have a concern, uh, generally, the from what I understand in the literature, there's not tons of infection rates okay. based on it. Right. So and it, I, it's going to depend. OK. And I know that we're not talking about STIs right now. Um, We've addressed that in a previous episode, but because you did mention um, the cutting um, that can happen in sex is I've had um, tears in both my anus and in my vagina because of, of condoms um, will kind of tear at the skin or even I had um, a cut in my anus after um, cleaning. I was... I used a wrong I didn't have a enema top which is a much smoother top and so I used a douche top which is not smooth it's kind of like an umbrella top and it has some kind of sharp edges to the side and I had used that in my anus and as I pulled out I just cut my anus and now I know well I don't know I think I know <laughs> I don't want to say anything I know at this point with Dr. Eddie in the room what I think I know is that getting a cut, um, especially in the anus, does make you much more susceptible to STIs. Is that factual? So the simple answer is yes. Okay. Um, but anal sex in general, uh, because of the mucous kind of membranes of the rectum, et cetera, they absorb things faster mm. or you're, you're certainly very susceptible mm. in a different way uh, through Anal, anal sex. sex. Absolutely. And so can you get infections and stuff? Sure. Your body does a really great job mm -hmm. of fighting those types of infections. Mm -hmm. But if you're bringing in external things mm -hmm. um, like bacteria or something that are not natural to your own microbiome, mm -hmm. then yes, mm -hmm. uh, your body's really great at dealing with things that are coming from your own body mm -hmm. and so healing is slower but it happens and all mm -hmm. of those things if you're introducing bacteria foreign bacteria then mm -hmm. that's that's where the problems come in i'm totally i'm diving so off the rails right now um but because we're in the anus and we're talking about this um scratching and how it can cause that to it does happen. I know it's not a regular occurrence and it's more of a joke thing for a lot of people, but um, the putting a, a, not a hamster, what am I thinking? What are the animals that people put in their butts? 
Do you know what I'm talking about? People I mean, put people put animals in their butts, right, for like a sexual like release or something. How how dangerous is that going to become? Because not only do they have claws, but they have teeth and all sorts of things could happen in there. And whatever disease that gerbil that's what it is gerbils it it's was gerbils. gerbils yeah yep. um gerbils are going to probably carry more diseases that are you're going to take up your anus as well right what i'm going to say to that <laughs> and i can't speak as an authority okay. at all in this okay. area okay. other than um i know that there has been instances where that's occurred some famous mm-hmm. ones actually yeah uh and how much are rumor and how much are not right is, of course who knows right um but uh, introducing an animal into that area mm-hmm. is, of course, going to cause trauma to the rectum, mm-hmm. which, aside from the trauma to the poor animal, which is its own kind of conversation, because mm-hmm. that's certainly abuse, mm-hmm. um, but it's not going to survive for very long. and so now It will die in there. Pretty fast. Yes. <gasps> so you're killing the animal for your sexual pleasure? Well, and so... How long that takes and stuff. I I haven't come across any studies that talk about how long they survive in there, but it it can't be very long. Oh my right? god! Right. And so aside from that, um, with claws, and it's going to struggle for its life. Yes, of so course. It's going to traumatize that area, and that's a very sensitive, <clears throat> sensitive area. That mm-hmm. it's it's not somewhere where you'd like to be scratched and clawed at. That's all I'll say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly the possibility of an infection if you have a dead animal in your rectum probably goes quite high, mm-hmm. I would say. But I'm not an expert. I would say it goes real, real high. I mean, I had a tampon left in my vagina, and I was all sorts of infected from it. So There are some very serious complications if yeah. we're talking about tampons yeah. right, for women, and so those should be changed quite regularly yes and they should not be slept in either this is something i learned much later in life i've slept with tampons my whole life it wasn't until my mid-30s where i learned i shouldn't be sleeping in them my my colleagues in gynecology are often uh they often say that it should be every few hours yeah it should never feel full yeah uh, pads as well Mm. uh but that kind of kind of goes back to a conversation we had earlier about getting air to that area yes right and keeping air flowing Mm -hmm. and that's why uh, women shouldn't necessarily be wearing really tight tight panties and they should have a cotton lining and you want air to flow in that direction and Mm -hmm. the more air that gets there the better Mm -hmm. right you want to keep moisture and humidity away from yes uh, those areas yes. as much as possible which are problematic if you're using tampons and tampon mm. and pads mm-hmm. for an extended period of time uh and so you know which is probably by why back in the old days they just had um bleeding tents where these women would just have to go and sit in this tent for a week and just bleed out there which are sounds s- so awful some cultures absolutely there's still some cultures that still practice really behaviors, right where women uh, separate during menstruation and Mm. all of those kinds of things. And so a lot of these things could be cultural too. Interesting. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that there's variation in how different worlds approach. So we definitely want to keep your vaginas aired out, people. I am a firm believer in no panties at all. So I just let her breathe and let her go. And that's how she stays as healthy as possible. At least that's what I think. So, so, okay, at the end of the day, we're not changing the way anything tastes by eating a pineapple or anything like that. But what we are doing is by keeping a good, healthy diet, you are going to maintain a healthy taste in cum and a healthy taste in a vagina. Um, 
I'm interested to know, because I've never, <laughs> this is, sounds really awful for me to say as a port actress. I don't know that I've ever tasted female cum. I've definitely tasted male cum, but I don't know if I've actively ever made a woman cum that I know I have her cum in my mouth because female cum is so different. It kind of just exudes out of the body as opposed to like a shot. And it's not something that's like a known thing. And you're like, oh, that was definitely you coming. That's why women can fake it as often as we can because you have no idea what's actually happening in our bodies. (laughs) I wonder, does female cum taste differently is it it's not salty I would think I would know that if I've never made a woman come though who knows I don't know if I've ever made a woman come I think so many people don't know if they've ever really made a woman come I think that 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 is particularly interesting if we're talking about clitoral orgasms versus vaginal orgasms okay right and so oftentimes what we see in movies and what we see in the adult film industry is the implication that it's a vaginal orgasm Mm. right through penetration it's the penis that's doing it and it's not the clitoris Uh, and so while i can't speak from the gynecological expertise Mm -hmm. of some of my colleagues for Mm -hmm. sure i know that there is a significant difference in the two Mm. uh, and one isn't necessarily the same as the other and they don't have to occur at the same time and the implication that they do is somewhat misleading and problematic because of you know, the movies we see and, and yeah. how things are produced and how things look when a woman is orgasming. Yeah. It usually implies a vaginal orgasm versus yeah. a clitoral one. Because I will say most of my orgasms are clitoral because I'm a single woman. So I'm masturbating and I'm not, I don't masturbate with a toy in my vagina per se. I, I masturbate with a toy on my uh, clitoris. So I'm only having clitoral orgasms. I'm going to have to taste my cum. I just got to go home and masturbate and taste it because now I really need to know. And I know when I come. So I'm going to I'm going to give you a good answer. I'm going to come back with some strong information on that. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, guys. I think that's all we got for taste and oral. Uh, Just drink your water. Stay good health. And uh, we're going to stay as healthy with these tasting vaginas and tasting cum as humanly possible. Thank you, Dr. Eddie, for all of your um, wonderful public health advice. We are so, so grateful to you for coming on this show and, and teaching us things that I would certainly never know. And I work in sex, so it is just mind-blowing. And I honestly didn't know half the things I know until working in sex because sex education is just not talked about, and it really should be. And that's what I hope to do with this show is just um, educate and get the word out. And if you have any questions for myself or Dr. Eddie, please leave them in the comment section. We would love to answer them for you on the next upcoming shows. And until next time, you guys, adios. (laughs) 